You might recall that we are in the liturgical cycle of year C in the liturgical cycle um, of our lectionary readings. Every year, starting in Advent, which is the beginning of December, we begin a new um, cycle of readings, and this year is Luke, year C. So every Sunday when we read from the Gospels, we've been reading from the Gospel of Luke. Except today. Today we've read from the Gospel of John, and it's interesting that the lectionary creators some decades ago um, put this here as we anticipate Holy Week. This is the last, season, last Sunday of Lent, and so begins Holy Week the next time we are together. And in Holy Week, we read exclusively from the Gospel of John. It's only in John's Gospel that we have the Last Supper, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, which we will read on Maundy Thursday, and be given the commandment, only one, which is to love one another. And on Good Friday, we will read the Passion narrative, and we always read it from the Gospel of John. So there are some things unique in the Gospel of John for us in our life together of faith. There are particular things in John's Gospel that we are reminded of, and this Sunday is no different. Now, John's Gospel was written in 80 AD, some 50 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. It would be as if we took the opportunity now to write down, finally, what happened from 1966 to 1969. The stories had been told orally from person to person, and in the community's life, it was time to put them down so that they could be passed on as followers of Jesus multiplied in the regions. This particular gospel lesson for today gives us a foreshadowing of what's to come, of what is in next week's experience of the week that we call holy. There are four themes in this little bitty gospel passage today that will be picked up again in our lessons and in our worship next week. One of the themes is resurrection. Now, resurrection was not an unfamiliar concept to the Hebrew people. They believed in resurrection on the last day. And they had some familiarity with resurrection, but on an individual basis, as is highlighted in our gospel lesson this morning. Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. The story of that is recorded in the 11th chapter of John's Gospel, which precedes where we are now. So it was not unfamiliar to the Hebrew people, this idea of resurrection. The prophet Elijah raised a boy from the dead, and there were other stories, too, in the First Testament scriptures of people who were dead coming back to life. But God is doing a new thing, a new thing in Jesus. And resurrection is not only singular, but it is corporate. In Jesus, all of creation is being raised to new life. In Jesus, all of creation is being saved. That's the new thing we're going to hear about in our week of worship next week. Another theme in this passage is that of foot washing. It was, of course, the customary thing for people to have their feet washed. It was an act of hospitality as you entered into someone's home and prepared to come to the table. It was something that the slaves did in preparing a place of welcome to their guests. And here we see Mary embarking on this action. She washes Jesus' feet with a perfume that fills the air. She is doing what Jesus will do in just six days' time when he sits at the Last Supper with his disciples. He will take the role of the servant. 
By removing his outer coat, he will put a towel around his waist, and he will wash the disciples' feet as a demonstration of what it means to be a follower of him. So foot washing is the second hint that we get about what's to come. The third hint in this passage is that of betrayal. In hearing Judas's suggestion that the perfume be, given to, be sold and the money given to the poor, we're told in the gospel recount of the kind of character of Judas. He is the one who will betray Jesus. Now, all of us know what happens to betrayers when they betray the leadership. In, in things like kingdoms, they're done away with. There's no room for people to be betrayers. But we see that Jesus is doing a new thing in relationship to Judas. And the betrayal that will come, which we have been given a hint of here now, it will not be responded to by Jesus with retaliation and vengeance. Instead, it will be redeemed by God for God's saving purpose. God is doing a new thing. And the fourth theme in this gospel passage is that of Jesus' death. Now, we well know throughout the stories of the Gospels that Jesus has been telling the disciples how this is going to go. <laughs> and we see also in the Gospels their resistance to this uh, narrative. They don't get it when he talks about the temple being destroyed and rebuilt in three days. They don't get it when he says that he must suffer and be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And he hints at it again in this passage. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. Mary is preparing me for my burial. You kind of wonder what it was like around that table in hearing those words. I imagine that there was a sense of disconnection, a lack of understanding. Jesus is telling us, though, that in God the Father, life triumphs over death. The death that Jesus will suffer and die on behalf of all creation will be redeemed in his resurrection. That is what's to come by the ruler of the world, that he will give his life for that which he loves in order that all might be saved. So those are the four themes that we hear hinted at here just six days before the Last Supper, an indication to us as the listener of what's to come. I want to draw your attention, though, to one more piece of today's gospel lesson, and that's of Mary washing Jesus' feet. We see Mary here at the foot of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus. The only other time we really see her in this position is in Luke's gospel, when Jesus is doing teaching early on with his disciples, and Mary is sitting there among the disciples, learning at the feet of Jesus. And you remember that her sister Martha is irritated. Mary is not assuming her right role in the society in helping her prepare to host Jesus and his followers. But if you recall in Luke's gospel, Jesus sets the record straight in addressing Mary and addressing Martha and says, Mary has chosen the better place to sit at my feet and to learn how to follow me. And so here she is again at the feet of Jesus, recognizing who he is and preparing to follow him into the future that he is leading them. Our invitation is to the same as we prepare for Holy Week, to consider how we are in relationship to Jesus. And I hope that we will find ways to be like Mary, 
to sit at the feet of Jesus, to waste time and money, the things that we hold most valuable, whatever it might be, to waste it in relationship with him. This holy week that will begin next week might be spring break for some of you, and you might not even be here for all the services. Regardless of where you are, far away or present, I hope that you will craft some space for yourself to consider how it is that you receive the goodness of God. I hope that you'll find a way to sit at the feet of Jesus. There might be things to say, there might not be much to talk about at all, but to craft that time to learn what it means to be a follower of him. That's the invitation as we prepare for this Holy Week, and it's what we'll be guided into as we enter and participate in Holy Week. So that, as bearers of the good news of the resurrection, we might proclaim that in the world and learn through that proclamation of what it means to follow Jesus. Amen.